TheOAMNetwork.com For the love of God. For the love of God. Welcome back to For the Love of God. Just want to let you know today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash OAM. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash OAM. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash OAM for your free audiobook. We're excited about today's episode with Associate Pastor William Turner at Living Purpose Christian Church. I get very frustrated with um, control and manipulation, especially when it comes from authority. You know, I get very frustrated uh, with that, and uh, I have to admit there's a certain frustration with using the word to say what it is I'm trying to say versus using me to say what God is saying. Right before our episode, listen to this message from Pat Ware from Stop Hunger Now in association with Memphis Inner Faith. All right, my name is Pat Ware. I work. I'm the program manage, manager for Stop Hunger Now out of Jackson, Mississippi. Stop Hunger Now is an international hunger relief organization. Uh, we're one of 22 warehouses now in the United States, but we also have six international affiliates. And our vision at Stop Hunger Now is a world without hunger. And so on May 22nd, we're going to be partnering with the Memphis Interfaith Community at the Pleasant View School to package 50,000 meals with about two or three hundred um, volunteers that day that are going to come together as volunteers and package the meals themselves. So it's a really great opportunity for the community to come together as a whole and have a global impact. Um, And it's a really cool opportunity also for for people of all ages, whether they be children or or senior adults, um, really anybody, handicapped or or not, to come together and have an opportunity to uh, have a global impact uh, right here in their community. StopHungerNow.org is our website. My email address is P as in Pat, where, W-A-R-E, at StopHungerNow.org. Um, and you can check out our website. My information is also on there. And you can also go on MemphisInterfaith.org to find out more information on there as well. Thank you for listening. Here's the show. We're here today at Living Purpose Church. We're here with Associate Pastor with, Will Turner. There you go. There you go. Nice to be here. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Thanks for doing this. Man, no problem. Thanks for asking me. It was uh it was a surprise. It was a pleasant surprise. I'm not surprised very often, but it was a nice surprise. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm working on being a magician also in my spare time. Hey, getting some good practice in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really though, it was. I was thankful that you asked me and um I was even sharing with my wife today that uh you know, hey, Sean asked me to to be part of the podcast today, you know, yesterday. And uh, I don't know, it was not only a surprise, but it was an honor being that I listened to the show as well. So, cool. So, 
uh, Living Purpose. You're an associate pastor. How long have you been here? Um, I want to say that we, uh, that the church planted in about 2012. Mm-hmm. And so was here from the from the beginning, from the, from the inception, even at our uh, former church. Um, when Pastor Tony started his planning process, we were involved from, you know, from from day one. Uh, you know, my wife, she's actually the one who came up with the name for the church. Mm-hmm. So, like, we've been here on the ground uh, from day one, and it's funny that I remember years ago being part of. My wife was part of New Direction, and I saw them really going somewhere. And I was like, "Man, this is nice," but I wish I could have been here from the start. And then being part of Journey, who was a couple years old, like this was this is man, you know, being part of ministry. I was I was actually part of ministry then, and saying that, you know, I, I wonder how it would have feel to be here from the from the very beginning. You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, be careful what you ask for because I've been <laughs> here from the beginning and. Uh, God is faithful, but uh, it's been a work, you know. It's been a work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what denomination is Living Purpose? Uh, Living Purpose is uh, non-denominational, mm-hmm. but we come under the umbrella of uh, the Disciples of Christ, if you okay. will. But we are a non-denominational church. We believe that, you know, Jesus is God's only son. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, that's, what, that's what we are. Okay. So are you from Memphis? Yeah, man, from Memphis. Born and raised in Memphis. Uh North Memphis, Evergreen. Kinda how people call it North. Some people call it North Memphis, some people call it Evergreen, but I'm from the north side of town and uh, been here all my life. Um only, you know, times I've le- left were maybe for jobs. I left Memphis for an extended period of time or something for a job, but no, Memphis has has always been my home, and you know I love it. I love where I'm from. I love the the people, and um, I can be I'm I can be very critical of Memphis, but it's my home, so I have a right to be. I'm vested, but okay. I've been here all my life, and I I love Memphis, especially North Memphis. <laughs> how you feel about it? Uh, how you feel about Memphis religiously? I mean, Memphis is one of the most religious cities in the United States. <laughs> doesn't really have a big effect on me being it I didn't even go to church mm-hmm. like I probably went to church five maybe ten times in my life growing up and uh, didn't didn't get you know saved so to say till I was 21 22 years old so you know the religiousness and the tradition and all of that I'm I'm kind of seeing it and learning as I go and it's a lot of it is funny to me because I don't really know what it means and what it is and, you know, some of those things. But um, as far as that overall, um, you know, Memphis knows how to do church, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really, you know, take part and really know what that means. And I'm kind of thankful for that because, you know, God brought me in with a, with a fresh set of eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of – that's where I am with that. So – how did you <laughs> my question is like how did you like avoid church or did did you just not go at all or was it like you went but you just weren't invested in it and you didn't want anything well you and your family I probably go to church 
weekly, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Maybe sometimes twice a week. Yeah. And you probably see several of your neighbors who you never see them go to church. Mm-hmm. You never see them. You wake up on Sunday, they cutting the yard or washing the car or whatever they're doing or not doing anything, you going to church. Mm-hmm. That's just who I was. I was just one of those one of those neighbors. Yeah. And by the way, you never invited me to church. <laughs> so, but no, I was just, you know, and we had my uncle, he was a, he was a minister for a period. And, uh, you know, there were times where people came and a family member may have invited us to church and we may have gone with them or gone to vacation Bible school, mm-hmm. you know, just so you weren't at home doing nothing. But as far as like, you know, growing up in church, knowing the gospel, um, no, we just, you know, just weren't that, weren't that family, you know. But, the, you know, the church was more like a community center. <laughs> you know, oh, if you went to church, it was kind of like for activity, mm-hmm. recreation. Checking on Sunday. <laughs> Not even that. Oh. Like I say, vacation Bible school, basketball, mm. after school care, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that, uh was a lifestyle. So 21, 22, that's like, uh, for most people, that's when, you know, that's a big life change. Mm-hmm. You get wild. <laughs> Some get, people do. Get independent, yeah. But instead of getting wild, you decided that it was time for you to be saved. Well, I could guess you say I was a little bit in between. I was, I mean, I felt like I was a good person, of course, like some people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, do, but I was invited to church by a girl, mm-hmm. you know, girl, young lady I was dating. Um, I'm thankful, you know, to her even today for just, you know, inviting me to church. And I went to church and, um, it's Pastor Sam Holloway over at Brother Life Christian Center and he was an awesome teacher. And, um, you know, he, he, you know, it captivated me, not his presence or anything like that, but he was teaching the word of God. And to think about me growing up my whole life, I had never actually heard the word of God. And so that's, that's a testament to what the word of God will do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I said, been around church people and gone to church, but in actuality, I never heard and been taught the word of God. Okay. And so that's what, you know, drew me in and, I kind of wanted everything that God had for me. He talked about being baptized. Hey, I want to be baptized, you know. He talked about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hey, raise my, you know, that's me too, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of um, dove dove all in and, you know, accepted the, accepted the teaching and accepted Christ. And um, to be honest, when I dove all in, I lost my identity though I was religious mm-hmm. I mean you know um, very good teaching um, but going from one extreme it was like going from one extreme to the other yeah you know for me and uh, the making church, up for lost time right they 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 had a standard and they have a standard and um, I remember remember making up making excuses that oh you know that standard is too high mm-hmm. or you know, um, I don't really know if if I want to go that deep, but I'll, in all actuality, I was really uh, looking for an excuse to 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 kind of get back into the world. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And and it was no fault of the church or no fault of anybody in the church. It was, you know, honestly, it was me, you know. And it was kind of like, hey, God, I know you got some great things for me, uh, but I'm going to take a break for a while. I'm going to, you know, it's kind of the way I felt. I'm going to, um, I'm going to go do me for a few years. God had some things that he started showing me he wanted me to do, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, I think I want to get some things off my chest first, <laughs> you know, which is very dangerous, you know, but thankfully, you know, I was able to uh, find my way back, you uh, know, thankful for that because it's rough out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, think about, you asked me, how do you go from, you know, Growing up, no church to twenty one church. Yeah, you know something kept me away from church, and the, and the, you know the enemy is strategic. You know, he really knows. Um, I don't know. He's good at what he does. He does his job well, and so went to church at an early age. I don't know nine or ten or so, and I had a cousin, and we were we were like sisters and brother. You know, we were her mom, and my mom were twins, and we were about. We were about a year apart, so it's like we were like brother and sister. And, uh, I was kind of responsible for her, and we went to visit a church, and um, she told me, "Hey, she said, hey, I need to use the restroom, you know." And uh, there was a woman woman behind us, and she said, "You know, be quiet. You know, y'all don't talk while the pastor's preaching or the reverend is preaching." And I told her to hold on a while, and um, she told me again, "Hey, I need to use the restroom," and so. Told her to hold on, and this woman was saying, be quiet. And So eventually I went ahead and I took her to the restroom, and I stood outside. And you know how most, it wasn't a storefront church, but you know how you come out in the church, maybe have two restrooms, men and women, they have a water fountain in between, maybe mm-hmm. a little candy machine or something. It's kind of like that. And she went on in while I waited on her. This woman came. She went to the restroom, too. I didn't think anything about it. And after a while, she came out, and... um she left. She didn't go back into church. She left. So I waited, and eventually I went into the restroom, and my cousin was in there. Well, she had gone in and basically disciplined my cousin for mm. speaking during church. And I made up my mind right then. Uh, well, we told people, but they mm-hmm. didn't really believe us. We were some visiting kids, and yeah. we weren't connected to a family, I guess. And, you know, and she was, you know, she was Miss Church, so, you know. Mm-hmm. And I kind of made up my mind then. I don't really need church to know God and such and such. And so it was more intentional. It wasn't even just that I didn't go or have opportunities to go. There was also a wall mm-hmm. where, like, I would only go so far. So, you know. But, again, I never heard the word of God. Yeah. And so you take that experience with no word of God and, you know. Yeah, sometimes it's hard for people to uh, separate people, God from mm-hmm. church people. Right. Sometimes, and yeah, people can <laughs> can get in the way. Oh, yeah. uh, I had a guy on the show; he's Muslim, and <laughs> one of the things he said is like, "Christians really need Jesus." It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah they do. do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I first came to Living Purpose. Uh, like the first service I ever been to, 
I noticed that it was not like any church. I've been going to church all my life, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was not like any church I've ever been to in my life. I mean, there's some aspects of like regular, you know, service and order and stuff like that. But then there was like some other stuff that was like out the box. And I was like, whoa, this is cool. And when I say out the box, like on a Sunday morning, instead of a Sunday morning sermon, the first time I came, there was like a, a, a like a talk show with like the members and, and the pastor like hosting it. Uh, is that like one of the visions of the church to be like out of the box or is it just like, you know, these are the things we're going to do because we need to be different? Well, a, a little bit of both. But I remember when we met and were meeting for a Bible study before actually going into Sunday services. Let me tell you, we, we started off meeting at, at um, Shoney's. Mm-hmm. Shoney's had a room in the back, so we met and planned and had Bible study and prayer at Shoney's, and then God blessed us to go and to a, on to a hotel, and we were able to meet in one of their smaller meeting rooms, and we went to another hotel, and then we went to an event center, you know, and uh, and now we're here in a, in a you know in a in a building, brick and mortar building, but uh, I remember very very early on. We taught a Bible study. We shared in a Bible study about uh, being beyond the box. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. We, we, I remember we specifically said that there's a difference between outside the box and beyond the box. Okay. We didn't want to be anywhere near the box. Okay. <laughs> we believed that, that God was saying that, hey, I got something I want this church to do, and it's not even close to the box. So. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's think beyond it, and I think somebody even wrote a book or something about ministry, and it was beyond the box. But that was one of the early Bible studies. So, even though a lot of the leadership here might not be walking around saying that mm-hmm. deep down inside of there, it's always how do we go beyond the box? And so things like that, um, talk shows, question and answers, mm-hmm. um, skits, just you know. Just trying to translate God's word to the people so that they can, in fact, um, see their purpose and live in it. And so, you know, and, and look at the fruits of that. Yeah. You right here interviewing me because you saw something that was way beyond the box. And we, I mean, have, we've maybe done it, what, once since then? Mm-hmm. But, you know, God sent you on this Sunday. And so that beyond the box um, thinking spoke to you. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people can. Go- can try to get outside of the box and beyond the box, mm-hmm. but sometimes there that the box is there for a reason. Right. <laughs> sometimes, right. and sometimes I've I've experienced people trying to go outside of the box and they go a little bit too far mm-hmm. and w- what we call in the church out of order. Right. I've never experienced that here. How do you keep from being out of order or you know? Right. Well, not to get too deep into this box, you know, parable, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but the box we're trying to get beyond is the box of tradition. Okay. Because, you know, God is huge. Yeah. And so even when you think about, um, you know, don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed. Well, you know, 
conform means like confined, mean like, you know, stuck in this form. And trans means beyond. Mm-hmm. And so we want to go beyond the form of what man has made the church to be. And we serve a big God. And uh, I, I remember one day um, a pastor was, was sharing his testimony about his church and the church was costing him $20 million to build. And um, Hurricane Katrina had hit and all of the builders were telling them, you know, one, you're going to need about $20 million more dollars to finish this building and we just need to halt construction. And he was faced with a decision and he, he stopped and he he sought to hear a word from God and he said, God said in this moment, um, don't make me small. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't make me small. Which he meant, you know, you didn't have you didn't I gave you the twenty million. You know, don't don't confine me to this twenty million. Don't make me small in this moment. Because if you go back on the vision I've shown you, I'm gonna I'm gonna become small, so to say, you know. And um so we, we kind of seek to not make God small. We don't want to go beyond or break any uh, rules of the order that God has put in place. We believe in doing everything decent and in order. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, God is, God is a big God, and he's given Pastor Tony a, a, um, a big vision. And so to, to go after anything besides that, we will be making God small and putting him back in the box of... You know, let's let's stick to you know this amount of time. We do this, this, and this like this, and you know we want to do some things where you know once Pastor Tony came in, he preached the message before praise and worship. Mm-hmm. You know, and if that's what God had us do that day, that's what God had us do. But you know, he preached the word of God, and we worship God in spirit and truth. It just wasn't in the box that you know people normally. Uh, receive God in so have you ever felt um times of uncertainty like uh <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna work and and how do you deal with it as far as what we we do here or uh either both uh how you deal with it here and maybe how you deal with it personally well um you know I have a pastor um Spiritual father, Pastor Dan, he teaches one of the things that your faith needs is a man or woman that just won't quit. And so there are plenty of times that I want to quit, want to quit, even have quit for a month or so. But there rings in my spirit that it's not building my faith uh, to quit. And we have a saying here we say, if you can't understand the complete vision of something, get in the part that you can understand. Mm-hmm. Because that's where God will use you in the in that um, vision. I'm sure that as people, um, you know, followed um, Moses, you know, there might have been some people who just said, "I don't understand this at all," but I'm trusting God, and um, I know how to saddle these horses and mules and pack those. So let me just pack that, and until I can see something I understand, I'm gonna do and stick to what God is is telling me. And so. Um, when those things, uh, when and if those things happen, uh, you go back and you say, okay, God, what is my part? And all I can do is um, my part. 
And so that's how, that's how I try to handle that. And, um, you know, and as far as my um, faith as a whole, that hadn't happened yet. And I'm scared I'm scared because I know it is. I know that um, the men of God and people of God, women of God, have moments where they don't, they can't see God and they can't hear God. And it's, and you know, what we're doing already is by faith, but then there's a, it becomes a blind faith in the face of much adversity. And there's just a trust that has to be there. And so in my um, faith walking personal relationship with God, there hasn't been that uh, moment and uh you know, Madly Music has a song that says, I'm just one of those people that um, the guys got a hold on. And I just kind of feel like that about uh, myself that uh, I want to say, and I truly believe in my heart that, you know, no matter what happens, I, God just, he just has a hold on me and I just can't let go of him. And to let go of him would, would mean certain death. And so I just want to believe that I will just, just hold on, mm-hmm. you know, so. So, um, what's the living purpose? Uh, live in purpose. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the mission of living purpose? The uh, the mission of living purpose is that. Uh, so we say we are living purpose. We empower all people in their life experiences to decide, discover, develop, and deliver uh, their God given purpose. And we call those the four D's. And um, the four D's meaning that uh, in any aspect of your life, um, there's a decision to make. And then uh, there's a discovery about that decision. And then there's a development of um, whether it be a, a plan or goals or action steps. And then God now calls us to deliver uh, upon that. And Pastor Tony will tell you that so many pastors told him to just stop it, uh, just stop it, uh, develop, decide, discover, develop. That's all you need. You know, people don't really grab on to those four things. And uh, he he felt he heard from God, and we believe he heard from God, and that uh, that we do have a, a call to deliver our God-given purpose because if we decide, discover, and develop, well, those things are just for us. I can do that all day. I can decide, discover, develop. But then the delivery is for other people. The delivery, your purpose is for to bless others. And um, I think so many times we can get caught in not realizing that my purpose is not for me. And so to empower all people in their life experiences, not my life experiences, not your life experience, but in their own life experiences, to take those four steps and then deliver their purpose. They will have to deliver it to other people. You know, uh, many people feel like if I can just find my purpose, I'll get rich. If I can just find my purpose. And, you know, uh, God is calling you to de- to deliver. He's calling us to deliver our purpose um, to uh, to other people. You know, the scripture that says that uh, land that drinks in the rain, often falling, and produces a harvest for whom it was yielded, uh, so to say, uh, does not fail to receive the a blessing from God, which means that, you know, you look at a cornfield and um, the, the field goes through all this stuff to produce corn. 
Mm-hmm. But the corn is not for the field. Yeah. The corn is for other people. And so in that same sense, when you decide, discover, and develop all that it entails to do that, then now that's not for you. The, you are now to, we are now to deliver on our purpose for other people. So that's our mission statement as a whole. Uh, we can take that cornfield analogy real quick. Go ahead. Uh, so a lot of churches, they're about building and getting more people. But with that analogy, you just said, I imagine that living purpose is the field. And so sometimes when it's time for people to deliver, it that means that they may have to leave. How do you <laughs> deal with that? Well, uh, we don't we don't own people. You know, I think you hear me say quite often is uh, one of our what I feel like is one of our, one of our biggest job jobs is to take good care of the people that God sends us, and so taking good care of people could mean housing people for several years, or you know, feeding people the word of God and feeding them love for a week or two, you know, and so. But we're believing that the seeds we're sowing. Somebody's gonna come back and say, you know what? I never told you this, but you know the way the way God used you guys at that period of my life, it really helped me to go out and make some choices for God and to walk in my purpose. You know what I mean? And so, uh, fortunately, um, we haven't had to deal with a lot of people uh, leaving. But we've had some very strong people come and uh, bless the church, and now they're no longer with us, and we're still uh, very thankful for that. We're still, we're still um, building building on, upon things that they uh, they brought in their season, and so we want to keep that meditation and keep that attitude that uh, we don't own anybody. So you have a personal philosophy about church or life. A personal philosophy about church or life. life. <laughs> uh, oatmeal is oatmeal. <laughs> no, nah, oatmeal is barely no meal though. <laughs> so uh, my dad said, that. Um, "If I would say I had a personal philosophy um, about churches, church is here to to bless the people, and um, so many times the church." as a whole, not living purpose or in a specific church, but the church body as a whole has gotten into the business of using people to build the church. But my personal philosophy is let's use the church to build people yeah. and grow people. And everything that you need to grow is not in this church. Mm-hmm. You know, So that's why we should be able to partner and team with other churches and say, hey, you guys are having a marriage conference. Your pastor know what he's doing. We got a couple, couple. Let's send them over there and be and be blessed, and have to be willing to take the chance that they go there and they say, you know what, I believe this is the church for us. Mm-hmm. And if that and if that happens, when the the church is not saying, oh, they took some of our members, our members left us for them. That we say as a church, man, we're thankful they get, that they got connected to where. God is going to get them closer to their purpose. And so um, for church, um, that's my one of my personal philosophies. And 
um, in life. I used to have this philosophy that nothing is permanent except for change. Yeah. Because things are um, ever changing. And then I met God. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, personally, I just always believe that God knows me. He knows us um, inside out. And so, uh, no matter what, he He loves us. And I don't ever want to forget that. It's, it's, it's easy to, the more we learn about God, the more sometimes we can seem farther away from God because we're learning about a standard that we're not anywhere close to sometimes. And we start to focus on the standard versus the love. And so, you know, um, God is near. If I had to say that was my life philosophy, you know, God is near. Cool. Yeah. So the name of the show is For the Love of God. Uh, that can be interpreted two ways, <laughs> in my opinion. Right. As for the love of God is a joyful thing. Right. Well, for or as for the love of God. <laughs> uh, do you have any personal, I think we covered some joys, or do we? Or what, what's your joys and frustrations with religion or, or church? Man, the joy of church is community, is family. I grew up in a neighborhood where, like, it really wasn't a such thing as people in your neighborhood weren't your family. You know, that everybody was family kids were always playing kids were at your house and at my house and we went and we came and you know imagine if you came into the neighborhood that everybody knew each other and everybody loved each other and everybody watched out for each other and over the years I don't see that as much uh, anymore so when when I see God at work at church doing that where the church body is a, is a family it's a neighborhood it's we can laugh together, cry together, we can worship together and be wrong together and, you know, uh, all of those things. Um, those are probably some some of my most joyous moments in the church, so to say, is when you can just be, you know, you can just be, be friends and family, you know, as well as brothers and um, sisters. And uh, some of my great joys outside of church and I, I love um, it's something about when when lost. I don't know if lost is the term when when you see people who feel like they've been forgotten realize that they haven't been forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have friends that I grew up with, and um, I go to my old neighborhood, and you know, not like I'm going back with some kind of light on me or. Anything like that, but just to to go and talk to to people and spend time with people who, in some sense, have felt forgotten. Um, we we did a sermon maybe a year ago, and I we put up a picture of a guy, and he um, he had tattoos on his face and dreads, and he probably was. You know, could have been housed. I mean, he was just really threatening looking. And I made the comment that, you know, um, God wants him in our church. Do we want him in our church? 
Mm. Well, he's one of those forgotten. He's one of those forgotten people that, you know, um, seem hopeless. It seems hopeless to share the word of God with him or to not even share the word of God, just befriend him, just spend time with, 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 with certain people. And um, with or without ministering, evangelizing, I just really love spending time with friends. Like we don't have to be doing, we don't have to go anywhere. We don't, we just um, just spending time, fellowship, so, fellowship. And when the opportunity opens to share that, you know, God is God. God is love. God is real. God is here. That just that brings me a lot of happiness, a lot of joy. And my son, don't even get me started on my son. <laughs> Man, my wife and son, I love my son so much. And I learned so much um, through through him, so much about God um, through him. He is a he is a huge joy. And, um, yeah. So shout out to Mason. Shout out to Mason. <laughs> Any frustrations with religion? Yeah. Oh, let it all out. <laughs> it's like the book of Eli, you know. They got wanted the Bible to control people. Oh, yeah. And uh, um, I get very frustrated with um, control and manipulation, especially when it comes from authority. You know, I get very frustrated uh, with that. And uh, I have to admit there's a certain frustration with using the word to say what it is I'm trying to say versus using me to say what God is saying, you know, and uh, that does that does kind of run <laughs> that does just kind of uh, rub me the wrong way. And um, outside of uh, outside of church and just in everyday life, um, I'm not a very orderly person, but it's something. It's something about just a disorganized chaos, if you will. Or my wife's gonna be mad. So my so 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 yesterday, my wife was at a nail shop. Right, she made an appointment for a certain time, and we went. And like I said, I'm not a very organized person. I'm not very structured and scheduled, but we made a point to say, "Hey, this is the time that." My wife is coming. And it was like three hours before she left. It was probably an hour before she was saying. And so I'm very frustrated with, why do we make this choice? We made an appointment, right? And she knows I'm frustrated. I'm not mad at her or nothing, but so I'm frustrated with, we made this appointment. What was the point of making the appointment? It was useless. It was meaningless. And so now I'm frustrated. Cause there was no point. I said, "Well, if there was a case, we could have just came. We could have just been a walk in too." And uh, I'm sure that speaks to something bigger and deeper inside of me with uh, my battles with being structured and unstructured. But that's a huge uh, pet peeve of mine to make a choice to do something, and um, it doesn't get done. So to say, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know. It is what it is. Yeah. 
So, are there any questions you thought that I would ask you that I didn't ask? Maybe I thought you would ask me what, uh, how did I come to Christ? You know. Oh, I thought you. Were, I thought you kind of told us that already. I told you how I came to church. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it then. <laughs> uh, I came to Christ through through a revelation through my wife and I's relationship. She was my girlfriend at the time, fiance. That I didn't love her as much as I thought I did, and I didn't love God as much as I thought I did. And we were kind of we were going through some things, and you know, God woke me up and he he spoke to me and. Um, and I'm not, he didn't speak to me like there wasn't a cloud in my room and a booming voice, but he spoke to my heart and, you know, and he woke me and he, he asked me this, uh, did I love him? I'm like, yeah. Like, keep in mind, I ain't been in fellowship with God from that 21, 22 year old time up until that time, which I was maybe 26. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, I love you. And he, you know, spoke to my heart again and asked me again. And I said, uh, yeah, you know, I do, I love you. But the, he asked me a third time, but the third time he asked me that I love him more than I loved Angela, who is my wife now. I said, yeah, Lord, I do. And he, he clearly said to me, he said, no, you don't. He said that, um, no, you don't, because there are things, certain parts of your life, there are things that you do in front of me that you don't do in front of her. There are certain ways you act, certain ways you talk, certain behaviors and activities and all these, and he was showing me all these things I do. He said, "You do them." He said, "You do them in my, in my face," you know. He said, "But with her, you don't do those things." He said, "So you know." He was showing me that I respected her, and I put him before, put her before him, and um, I truly had to repent for that. And um, and I told her some things about my life that she didn't know, and uh, it were hurtful things. And but you know. She showed me, not just her, but her family, they they were very forgiving. They were actually, I was like, oh, these people actually love God. <laughs> They're actually doing the things that you're supposed to do. You know, I said, they're actually praying for me and actually forgiving. And, you know, and so, you know, that goes, it's a testament to the, it's the goodness of God that drives you, drives us to repent. You know, I thought there would be so much backlash and, I mean, there was some, there were some things we had to work through and deal with, but mostly it was the love of God mm-hmm. that that drove me to change my life and ran me, pushed me back into His arms. You know, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't some kind of beat down or punishment. It was truly, you know, God's love that brought me back to Him, and I'm thankful because, you know, we were able to go on um, sometime later and get married and rebuild our relationship and get. And get married, and um, I'm thankful for that because the things I do now, I do for him and not for her. Yeah. You know? So, so now, this goes to that frustration I was talking about earlier. My frustrations outside of church or just in everyday life. I'm more frustrated with myself because I overanalyze everything. Oh. I overthink everything. Right now, as we speak, I'm thinking about parts of this interview that I hope you cut out. <laughs> I'm thinking about. You can help me chop it. I'm thinking want. about how parts of this interview that could get cut out 
and being conscious of what I say so that when it ties back in, it doesn't sound like it was ever cut. <laughs> so, so, so maybe going back to my frustrations with the appointment yesterday, that's exactly what I was doing. I was thinking, how can I cut out this three-hour chunk of time that we lost and have made this day more productive? Because sometimes I'm that person. I'm that person that, that you made a point with me and I couldn't show up until 4 o'clock. And apparently I'm not frustrated with me, so I guess I love me more <laughs> than I love my neighbor. But, um, you know, even though I may be on the giving end of that, I'm still frustrated and thinking, how could I have fixed that? How could that have been better? And so that same thing that, that drives me to want things to be better, they bother me in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, because I'm always wondering how can this be better. And, of course, we know the obvious answer is put God in it, you know, so to say. But um, we still have a responsibility to be obedient to what it is God is saying. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to For the Love of God podcast. For more info, follow us on Twitter at the number four, the love of God underscore. Find us on Facebook. If you have any questions or concerns, you can send those to for the love of God dot podcast at gmail.com. This podcast is a joint production with the OM Network. For more information and other great podcasts, go to the OM Network.com.